cleanse in and of itself isn't going to reverse the last one, three, five months, much less one, three, five years of abuse that your body has had. Hey there, welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Renee, a certified nutritional consultant with a master's degree in nutrition. What's up? And I'm Lauren, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and Czech movement specialist. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. Our mission is to provide actionable steps so you can optimize your health, strengthen your intuition, and support your body's natural healing abilities. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 201 of the Biohacker Babes. It is also the kickoff of our next season. So welcome back. My name's Renee. I'm tuning in from Las Vegas today, and I have my sister, Lauren, across the country. Hey, Lauren. Hello. I'm Lauren, tuning in from Maryland today. Welcome, 201. We are back. We are back, kicking off the summer season. And we have a guest for you today. We have Dr. Wendy Trubo coming on the show. It's going to be an exciting one all about detoxification and toxins. All right, pop quiz of the day, Lauren. What is your favorite way to support detoxification? Big question, Renee Bells. <laughs> I think it's always like a combination of things, but I'll, I think because <laughs> wedding season has begun in our family, we're making the rounds. There's just a lot going on this month. And so there naturally is a little bit more alcohol and I'm not a big drinker, but just a slight uptake of alcohol. I feel like I have to increase supplements to counteract that, I think that's probably the most present and easy way for me to support supplementation, you know, some liver support, m- milk thistle, NAC, some berberine. I'll use some binders to make sure that they're shuttled safely out of my body. But generally, like around an event where I know that I'll be eating more foods and not usually eating, drinking a little bit more, I'll kick up my supplementation. And then I I try to be really good about the sauna. I know you're the sauna queen and you do that super consistently. I have a, a hard time having a good rhythm of that, but I'm more mindful of it, I think, around times that I know that I need to support detox a little bit more. More yeah. sweating. Because I don't more sweat sweating. a ton when I exercise. You know, there's some, a lot of, when I ask clients, how often do you sweat? Well, every time I exercise, I'm not that person. So I have to be really mindful about getting into the sauna and making that happen. What about you? Same, yeah. When I work out, Maybe at Orange Theory I sweat, but that's still, that's only two days a week. So yeah, I love my sauna. I will say um, I've been using this new liver supplement, especially around alcohol. Same. I I try not to drink, but yeah, wedding season, I'm kind of like, okay, I can have a few drinks at the wedding. There's a supplement called Complete Liver Complex from Level Up Health. Have you heard about this? Mm -mm. Uh, I actually just finished my first bottle, but it's a really cool combination of like molybdenum, NAC, selenium, taurine, glycine, artichoke, uh, DHM, which is really good for hangovers. It's like the Mm -hmm. coolest comprehensive liver supplement. I might have to get some more. I like that. Yeah, I think molybdenum is a really important one to have in there. And artichoke, that's a bitter. So I I also cook up my bitters too to simulate liver gallbladder. That's great. Nice. Artichokes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's my cool. my detox. Maybe you can link that one in the show notes, Renee, because one, I want to look at it. Maybe our audience will too. Of course. Of course, I will. All right. 
Well, we are going to be bringing on Dr. Wendy in just a minute here. So today, like I said, she's really an expert on toxins, detoxification. Her book, Dirty Girl, highly recommend checking that out for a deeper dive. We kind of did, you know, we fit as much as we could into one episode, but I really, really love her approach. Like she's, she really understands the dangers of these toxins, especially like gluten, alcohol, sugar, the food things, but environmental toxins, the heavy metals, the mold. But at the same time, she's like so chill about her approach. (laughs) It's like, you know, Mm -hmm. we do what we can, you know, do what you can do within your budget, do what you can do that doesn't stress you out. Right. Because I think we, it's easy to get overwhelmed when we start looking at how toxic this planet is, but she's just like so calm about it, but so, so smart. Um, She also brings a lot of really good tangible items of things you can start doing today. Um, I always love when a guest does that, like, please lay out exactly what I need to do. And she does that. So really appreciated it. (laughs) Tell me what to do. Well, (laughs) yes, I agree with you. I really appreciate the calm disposition that she has, but I think she kind of mentions briefly that stress is still kind of her kryptonite. That's like the one thing that she has to still be very mindful of. And so when it comes to detoxification, we know your stress response, your vagus nerve, which controls the gut brain access really does then change the way that your body can express its physiology or genetics and also detoxify. So we really need to put that at the top of the priority list. If we're stressing ourselves out about being healthy, I think it's counteractive. So it's kind of hard to just completely take that disposition on. But yes, breathing through it and knowing that we have control and one thing at a time. And every time you have an opportunity to add something else in, if you can layer to it, but there's no sense in being stressed out or or choosing to let the overwhelm sink in. We have to keep that stress response regulated. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's such a good takeaway for today's episode. Mm-hmm. Oh. So we're going to learn lots about where these toxins are coming from, how they affect your body, and how you can start chipping away and supporting a better, more vibrant lifestyle and feel freaking amazing, as she says. So Dr. Wendy is amazing. Can you read her bio? All right. Dr. Wendy Turbeau is passionate about helping women optimize their health and lives as a functional medicine gynecologist. Through her struggles with mold and metal toxicity, celiac disease, and other health issues, Dr. Wendy has developed a deep sense of compassion and expertise for what her patients are facing. She is the co-author of Dirty Girl, Ditch the Toxins, Look Great and Feel Freaking Amazing, and has been regularly featured in Mind Body Green and Huffington Post. She is an accomplished speaker and previously had her own TV show. She is on the faculty at A4M and a speaker for their conferences, along with other national societies. She and her partner will be releasing their next book in mid-2023, coming up right around the corner. All right, let's jump in. All right. Welcome, Dr. Wendy Trubeau to the Biohacker Babes. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. This will be fun. Oh, yes. I am so excited to share this with our audience today. I, I've heard you speak a lot. I just love the work you're doing. And um, I love your goal. I even wrote it down here um, to help people feel freaking amazing. And I think we're going to help people do that today with a lot of your wisdom. So we're going to talk a lot about toxins, detoxification. If we have time, we get to some autoimmune stuff because you're truly an expert in all of these topics. So I think to kick it off, you know, I think the whole idea of detox and toxins is kind of confusing for people. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of myths around there. You know, we always hear the one, oh, your liver's job is to detox. That's all you have to do. You don't have to worry about that. You know, I think 
in 2023, more and more people are understanding that that's not true. There's a lot we need right. to be doing. So to kick us off, what are the biggest myths or myth around the topic of toxins in the environment? There's so many, Renee, like, where do I start? Let me count the ways. Okay. So the first myth I would say is that a three-day cleanse will transform your life. Uh, Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of cleanses. (laughs) I have done intermittent fasting since before it was a thing. Okay. Like when they called it intermittent fasting, I was like, oh, that's just how I eat. Right. So I've been doing that for years. So, and I do fast and we've done five-day fasts and I'm a huge fan of fasting in general. However, a cleanse in and of itself, isn't going to reverse the last one, three, five months, much less one, three, five years of abuse that your body has had. So it's it's a good reset, but it's not going to, it's not going to right the ship. It's just going to maybe get you back in the right direction. Okay. Yeah. Do you see it's more of a mental, emotional benefit rather than obviously or your cells are not going to get the reset at that point. But for some people, it feels like, oh, okay, I started over. Maybe helpful yeah. for motivation, compliancy. Are we really, how much are we doing with our organs or at the cellular level? No, I mean, everything's better than nothing, right? So uh, my vote would be do whatever you can, but just understand that if you spend, I remember I did a five-day water fast with this, I think it was Blessed Herbs and we had, uh, it was like a fiber detox cleansing thing. And then otherwise we just drank water and juice. And I, can I tell you, I hate juice. I haven't even liked it when I was a kid. I don't like juice, but anyway, I did a five day fast and it was great. I lost some weight. My gut got calmer, but what the biggest thing going Lauren to what you're talking about, the, the mental emotional was I recognized that as hungry as I've ever been, I never get hungrier than super hungry which was a huge breakthrough for me because I always felt like if I was hungry, I need to eat right now. But that's Mm. not actually the case. If I didn't eat, it went away. And then I never got hungrier than just, God, I'm really hungry. So that gave me a whole new level of power and control over when I get hungry. I don't have to grab the first thing that I see because I can wait, it's going to go away. So that, that the mental and emotional was very powerful. So when we go back to like, what difference does it make? Certainly, if that's all you're going to do in the course of a year, then that's better than not doing it. But if it's the only thing you're going to do, just know it's not enough to keep you in your best health, feeling freaking amazing. Unless you're strong like a bull, you have no toxins anyway, you lead this amazing life. And this is just for you, one of those things you incorporate. If you're already peak and then you just do this, fine. But most of us aren't there, right? We need, we need a little bit of extra help. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good transition. There are some superhumans that seem to detoxify better than others. Mm -hmm. We can bring in the genetic components. Some people are more predisposed than others. And, you know, depending on the environment, some people maybe need a little less help. So how do we know where we fall on the spectrum? This is such a great question. Okay. If you are someone who has zero medical issues, zero diagnoses, and when I say diagnosis, I don't mean psychiatric diagnosis necessarily. I just mean like you don't have headaches, you don't have hair loss, you don't have heavy periods, you don't have anxiety, depression, asthma, bloating, gas, diarrhea, constipation, fertility challenges, bad periods, heavy periods, absent periods. You don't have any of that. Okay. So if you uh, your weight is perfect. You exercise regularly. You don't, I don't know you don't suffer from anything essentially. Okay. So as if you start with that, you can say, okay, I'm a human who has no issues, right? I might be strong, like a bull. That's the strong, like the bull category. You could stay up all night 
and you'd be fine the next day. I have a girlfriend like that. She, she's, she and I were in OB together. At the end of a call, I would be a quivering puddle on the floor and she would be like, let's go. And I'm like, dude, no, I need to rest for like five days. So she's strong like bull. Strong like bull eventually wears out, right? You wear out your welcome and you get less resilient. So she's in her 60s now and she's like, I can't do that any longer. But in our, when I was in my 30s and she was in her 40s, she was fine. So you know you're strong like bull if you have no issues at all. Nothing phases you, nothing bothers you, nothing challenges you. You're strong like a bull. Otherwise, all the rest of us, not strong like a bull. Mm. But I assume there's also then the preventative component, right? Like we may be okay today, but if you want to optimize and prevent, we could maybe squeeze you into that category of needing to do some work. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it really depends on your philosophy. I remember someone saying to me, they had a kid who was failure to thrive. And and the most common reason, aside from just you're small because your parents were small, the most common reason for a kid to be small is actually celiac disease. And the poor kid, he was tiny. He didn't poop. He was miserable. He had behavioral issues. And the mom said to me, I'm not going to change anything unless he has an actual diagnosis. And I was like, well, wow. I really, I really don't agree with that. And thankfully, I'm, I'm, I never wish a disease on anyone, but I was like grateful that he had a celiac disease. So his mom would actually make a change because mm. he started to poop. He started to grow his behavioral issues fixed. So it kind of depends ph- philosophically where you sit. But if you fall in the category of, I believe I am meant to be vital, vibrant, healthy, able and interested in intimacy till I'm at least a hundred and that every decade gets better, you're going to want to prevent. Because otherwise, what you're left to without active intervention is just decline, decline, degeneration, development of disease, and not feeling freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm 36 now, and I'm already feeling like what I do today is so different from 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Like, I I can't keep up with my friends. Like, I maybe used to surpass them in my 20s, but... Yeah, prevention is so important. So you brought up an interesting thing about celiac. And I know you were diagnosed pretty late in life with that, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on just gluten in general? Like if we don't have celiac, do you think we need to be gluten-free? Is celiac misdiagnosed more than we think? Like what's going on there? This is a huge question. Let me try to like parse it out. So so (laughs) gluten as a category, right? So nobody's eating wheat berries. They're eating gluten in the form of bread, cake, cookie, candy, pasta, beer. You're eating it in a processed form. So so when you've processed it, you've altered the way it gets absorbed. So it makes it easier to absorb. You don't have to break it down as much. Now, I just, I literally just presented on gluten at A4M. So this is like top of the mind. So when you eat gluten, if you have the genes for celiac, these are found on chromosome six, it's the um, HLA complex, and within chromosome six is the HLA anti- human lymphocytic antigen. I always mess that up, but it's HLA, and the genes for celiac are DQ2 and DQ8. 90% of celiacs have DQ2. DQ8 is less common, but it's also associated with type 1 diabetes and juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. So if you don't, if you have these genes, you op- when you eat gluten, in any form, including the wheat berry, you know, the unprocessed form, you're going to open up your tight junctions for about four hours. Now, the first question is, what's a tight junction? So from your mouth to your butt is this tube, and it's called your GI tract. It's technically outside your body. We don't think of it like that, but it's technically outside your body on the inside. 
you know, it's a closed tube. And you have these beautiful villi, their job called the villi is to absorb. Think of them like fronds of seaweed. Their job is to absorb. Now, going back to the tube of gut, nothing should get through that lining. These, These cells are stuck together. They're one cell thick, which is really not very much, but they're stuck together like crazy. And you should only let through what you want to let through. But when you eat gluten, you open up your lining and the outside world in in your GI tract, the outside world gets into your inside world. Bacteria, food particles, heavy metals, pesticides, other toxins, you name it, it gets through. Your bloodstream is, is like, what is this? You mount immune responses. And eventually, if you have this enough, you mount inappropriate immune responses. Let's go back to what if you don't have the G? If you don't have the gene, you open up your tight junctions for 15 minutes. You still open them, but for a much smaller period of time. So either way, when you eat gluten, you create something called leaky gut. When your tight junctions open and your outside world is exposed to the inside bloodstream, that's leaky gut. If you do it enough and you layer on, think of it, it's not like a vacuum. If you layer on the gluten exposure with you have the genetics, so that means you have more exp- more potent exposure. Maybe you are stressed. Maybe you have some adrenal fatigue. Maybe you eat gluten a lot. Maybe you drink alcohol, which in and of itself causes leaky gut. Now you have a scenario where your outside world and your inside world are meeting up a lot more often. That ends up confusing the immune system. And the immune system is like, I don't know what this is, but I'm mounting an immune response against it. And often these food particles and other toxins look like some part of our body, which is why we mount an immune response against ourselves. That's an autoimmune disease. Okay. First, let me pause because you asked a question about gluten and I went off into why is it so bad? So let's go back to gluten in the 1950s, there were food shortages. So scientists creatively came up with ways, how do we make it grow faster, be resistant to drought, not tip over when it gets so tall, right? Those waving fields of, of, of wheat, like four feet tall, they're not that tall anymore. They're like 18 inches tall. They don't fall over. And so in doing that, they made the gluten content higher. So it's actually more allergenic to eat gluten now than it was 100 years ago. Now, later on, most gluten has glyphosate sprayed on it. Glyphosate allows the plant to not get attacked. It kills off the weeds. It doesn't harm the plant, but it does get onto the substance that we eat. And when you process it, it comes along for the ride. The glyphosate does not harm us directly. It harms us indirectly. So glyphosate interrupts the pathway that helpful bacteria go from, uh, it's called the shikamate pathway, and they go down it and make their, their amino acids, but glyphosate interrupts that shikamate pathway, so they can't make their amino acids. So they die. The good guys in your gut die. The bad guys are not impacted. So now you have dysbiosis. So dysbiosis then leads to further dysbiosis because you know like gets like. So when you talk about gluten, it's intrinsically a pretty nasty food, okay? About 30 to 40% of the population has one or both of the genes that puts them at risk for the autoimmune disease. But when you back up and look at, we're eating it in these processed forms, it's throwing off our blood sugar, it's giving us an unhealthy dose of glyphosate, which is a pesticide, herbicide technically, which throws off the good bacteria in the gut. It spikes our blood sugar. It replaces healthy calories. 
it starts to be this flywheel that we've started in motion that's not in our favor. So you don't have, so I don't think that celiac is overdiagnosed. I actually think it's underdiagnosed because it looks like so many other things, right? You can, you can have anxiety, you can have non-GI issues. People will be like, well, I don't have any bloating, gas, diarrhea, and constipation, but they have hair loss, either weight loss or weight gain, fertility challenges, any number of things. It's really underdiagnosed. But a lot more people have gluten sensitivity than, than know they have gluten sensitivity. They might not have an autoimmune disease, but they definitely, a lot more people have a sensitivity than they know of. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense why when people go to Europe, they're maybe having a lesser reaction, but not nothing because there's still the gliadin, right? But I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people say, oh, I don't have celiac. And so I can get by and the symptoms don't always come up immediately, right? Can there, there could be a delayed response. So then it's, we're like trying to pinpoint, well, when did this start? Chicken or the egg? Was it that? What day? And if it doesn't Mm -hmm. happen immediately, then we get this it's like people, yeah, it's like they think they get away with it. And then it's like, well, I ate this already. I might as well just keep eating it for the next 24 hours. But you're saying that's just going to compound the effect on the tight junctions and make it way, way worse. Yeah, unfortunately, yes. And and I have a family member who has celiac and doesn't react to gluten for about two days. And we're like dogs, right? You know, it's out of sight, out of mind. If you bring a dog over where they pooped, if you don't discipline them right away, they're like, why are you yelling at me for what's over here? They have no relationship to they did that. And humans are like that. If I said to you, what did you eat for breakfast? Well, if you ask me what I ate for breakfast, I ate the same stinking thing. I have a shake. And sometimes I blend it and sometimes I don't, but that would be it. But if you said to me, what did you eat for dinner three days ago? I'd be like, I have no idea. Okay, what day was it? Where was I? Right? Like we have <laughs> yeah. we have no yeah. relationship to what we ate in the past. It's gone. So unless we got sick in the moment, you're totally right, Lauren. We don't think about that. Yeah. And even for people that do get sick in the moment, I sometimes still hear people that are like, I'm lactose intolerant, but I'm going to eat the ice cream and I know I'm going to pay for it in 15 minutes and I'm going to eat it anyways. Humans are so funny, aren't they? And kind of you know stupid. What? That's absurd to me. It doesn't make sense to me, but I think it depends on what platform of philosophy you're standing on. So my platform is I want to feel freaking amazing. I want to be the best example to my kids of how to be healthy and take care of myself as I age. And I also, I got started a little bit later in childbearing. So I really want to see my great grandchildren walk down the aisle, right? Like I want to be, I want to be healthy for my whole life. So I don't do things that are going to set me back except for stress. I'm really still working on that one. That one I have not mastered, but I don't drink alcohol. I don't eat sugar. I don't do the things that are going to set me back because the philosophy is I want to feel amazing. I want my brain to work. But if your philosophy is I'm kind of meant to just fail over time and this is how all humans are, then you wouldn't do anything different because it's just the way you think life should be anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. 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 I get at the end of the day, you get to choose how you want your physiology to express, right? And how yes. much you want to suffer or enjoy. But for celiac, really the only treatment is a completely gluten-free diet and some gut support. But if you're gluten sensitive or, you know, further along on lesser on the spectrum, Mm -hmm. what else can we do? Like if it's, you know, there's some people, you just can't get them to get off of gluten. What other compromises would you make around that to make sure that you can, or, or would you say celiac or not, this is just, it's a non-food, it's a non-nutritive, we should be avoiding it. 
Yeah, I try not to be black or white with people because that's, as a provider, that's not going to allow them to come to me and say, you know, it's like the confessional booth, right? Bless me, doctor. I have eaten gluten. I'm like, oh, there's no Hail Marys and there's no sinning here. You just did something that didn't work for you, right? So yeah, the, yeah. really, I think the question I'm always asking is, did you suffer when you did it? Because I consider suffering to be optional. Hashtag mm-hmm. suffering optional. So if you believe that you're meant to suffer, then who cares what you eat? But if you believe you're meant to be healthy and you, you know, here's the thing, when you get a taste of how you feel when you hit vitality and functioning brain and amazing sleep and your sex drive comes back and you lose those last eight pounds, most humans are not like, oh, take me back to when I was suboptimal, right? They're like, I really want to maintain that. And then they might choose times to go off off their plan, but they have a clear plan for, I'm going to get back on. I might just have this and I'm going to monitor how much I suffer. And if I suffer a lot, I won't do it again. Mm -hmm. So I really Mm -hmm. feel like humans humans absolutely have the ability to choose how much they suffer or not. Yeah, Yeah, that's so right. I think uh, because in my 20s, I was so fatigued and brain fog and all this. Like mm-hmm. now, if I ever get like a slight bit of brain fog, I'm like, oh, this right. is so frustrating. This is awful. But like a lot of Americans live with that day in and day out all the time. They don't know what it's right. like to live without it. I, I love, I would love to close out like the food toxin thing, but because I want to get to environmental toxins. But what else? So gluten, you mentioned alcohol and sugar, you don't have at all. What are the other food toxins we really should be aware of? Yeah, this is the, so it's a spectrum. So the, when people talk about the top food allergens, these are the top foods that are likely to cause a response. So let's tie it back. Why would you care if you have an autoimmune disease, particularly thyroid, because it's rampant, you're going to want to look at quieting down the thyroid antibodies and the response, because ultimately the antibodies will burn out the thyroid's function if you leave it be for long enough. So you want to prevent your thyroid from being like, okay, I'm done people. So the top allergenic foods, gluten, dairy, soy, egg, nuts, legumes. What did I miss here? Nightshades. I feel like I miss one. There's another one. I always, it's, this is like the seven dwarfs. I always miss yeah. someone. It sounds I always right to me. And what's uh, like, even something. with eggs, does that, is this something you would do like an IgG food panel to see if people are reacting to these yeah, or if they much. have an autoimmune condition, they have to just cut them all out? So I never say to someone, you have to do that, right? Because because ultimately how you feel, you, you, you're you in the driver's seat, you have agency. So the question is, how do you want to feel? If you want to feel freaking amazing, you might want to try this on and see how you respond. So the autoimmune paleo program is great for people with autoimmune disease. The thyroid loves this program. I have watched people go from florid hypo, hypothyroidism with Hashimoto's and terrible antibody levels to like non-detectable antibody levels where I'm like, you technically don't have Hashis on paper. Amazing. That's crazy, right? So the, yeah. the, the thyroid loves that eating program. Uh, what I will say to people is, let's try it out. Let's see how is your energy and how is your weight and how is your gut and how is your thyroid? How does it respond to this intervention? And then we'll iterate. And so you don't have to eliminate the top eight allergens, but the thyroid's going to thank you for it. And then the rest of your body, when you no longer have the inflammation circling, the rest of your body will feel better. So it's it's um, it's a feed forward positive cycle. 
Yeah. What other biomarkers would you check in on to make sure that there has been some healing there? And could you then add back in maybe grass-fed raw dairy, nuts and seeds if they've been soaked? Really, I'm sure it depends on the person. Yeah, totally. Right. I'm a huge fan of test don't guess. So I'm always getting data. So I'm a data hog. We're going to get lots of data and then we're going to get more data and then we're going to see how you do with it. And we're going to keep testing because you want to see that there's improvement and not just be like, oh yeah, whatever. Right. Because I always say to people, find your line in the sand and then stay behind your line. Don't cross your own line because your line and my line are different. I, I have... My, my ability to cross the line is kind of set like right here, right? Like if, if I just kind of vary about six inches in either direction, I'm really a hot mess. But someone else, like the strong, like the bull person, they could tolerate more excursions. And so I'm a huge fan of let's get rid of everything. Let's see how you feel. And if you can't get rid of everything, then let's pick the either the hardest thing or the easiest thing. So either you have a tremendous win or you go, oh, okay, I can do this, right? I've been able to eliminate something. Now I can go on to the next thing, have a win and iterate. So once you've gotten to the place where you feel good, then you start testing. Okay, how do I do with A2A2 dairy? You know, how do I do with that? How do I do with soaked legumes? How do I do with certain nuts? And it's interesting, like I cannot tolerate almonds, no matter what I do, almonds and cashews, nope. But walnuts and pecans and pistachios, totally fine. So don't don't be like, oh, I can't tolerate any nuts. Maybe you can tolerate some. So, and some feels better than none. So it's really a process of, of trialing and experimentation and and it's all and it's personalized right it's only about what you tolerate it's not what someone thinks you should tolerate Oops, sorry just hit yeah. my words yeah I, it's the biohacker way right it's this constant like n of one experimentation and yes. it's funny i'm the same i can't tolerate almonds and i actually don't even like them like i don't like the taste of them but anytime i run an igg food panel it's the only food that comes up so i'm like eh. It's my excuse to not eat almonds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like yeah, them anyways. Enough evidence. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to share what I, I first started cutting out gluten. I'm not celiac, but I realized in college, I went to school for dance. When I was in ballet class, I had had gluten. I couldn't balance on one leg. Ooh. That's when I what? first discovered that there was a gut component. I was like, this is affecting my GI tract and my gut. And I literally can, I will fall over if I've had gluten, it was producing an inflammatory reaction. That's without celiac. Mm -hmm. And so I don't suffer a ton if, and when I do eat it, but Mm -hmm. like, to me, it's not worth it. (laughs) Right. Given that you, and especially as a dancer, you take such pride in the way your body functions for you. And so if it's not functioning, it's like a problem. And then I, you know, I'm not standing at a ballet bar these days and and balancing on one leg on releve, but as I'm getting older, you know, I'm always working on my stability and my mobility and I want the best performance. So for me, that's my, my sacrifice. It doesn't feel as good. I'm curious, what is your understanding of how long gluten stays in the system? I've always heard even a trace amount can stay in for six months. It's like bad news. Yeah. So, (laughs) so let's distinguish the question. So one question is how long does the gluten take to make its way out of your body? Yes. And then how long do the, do the, does the impact of that gluten last, right? Because so- The antibodies. What's up, biohackers? I have to tell you, I have been traveling a lot recently. It seems like every other weekend I am out of town and I'm often crossing multiple time zones, which we know definitely has an impact on the circadian rhythm. 
I find it's difficult to adjust to a new sleep schedule, especially because I suffer from first night syndrome, which means my nervous system doesn't always feel safe enough to get into deep restorative sleep. So I really am so willing to try so many different things to make sure that my sleep, which is my number one health priority, is the best quality possible. We know that good sleep architecture, including optimal deep sleep and REM time, are so essential for rejuvenation, fat burning, muscle building, good glucose control, energy production, and really mood and motivation the next day. And there are particular nutrients can really help the body to get into that state and reap all of those benefits. So I started using Sleep Breakthrough, and I noticed no matter where I am in the country or the world, I'm able to get better quality sleep and wake up feeling so much more energized and refreshed the next day. What I love about Sleep Breakthrough is it is an all-natural formula, which provides the necessary molecules and the precursors to melatonin and all of our good sleep neurotransmitters. You won't get addicted like you do with most sleep supplements that cause the common sleep hangover. If you want to learn more about Sleep Breakthrough and all of the amazing secrets to a better night of sleep, tune into episode 182 in our interview with Matt Gallant. If you are struggling with your sleep or you just want to uplevel your sleep even more, we highly recommend giving Sleep Breakthrough a try. It is truly a sleep game changer. You can visit bioptimizers.com backslash biohackerbabes and use code biohackerbabes at checkout to save 10%. That's bioptimizers.com backslash biohackerbabes, code biohackerbabes at checkout to save 10%. All right, biohackers, let's get back to the show. So the gluten, depending on how rapid the transit is through your gut, the gluten could be out in as like when I have gluten, it causes a massive flushing reaction. So it's not staying. You know, like I'm flushing. Yeah. So 24 hours, I'm like, oh, that's Good. that's that's physically gone. gone, right? Because it's it's I see it, it's out. But yeah. the the actual impact can last three to six months on the immune system and the villi. And I re actually remember the worst gluten exposure I got. I had a cracked tooth. And I got a massive gluten. I never eat gluten. Just for the record, I never on purpose eat it. But I ate at this restaurant that would prides itself on gluten-free. And this is before I was like as, I don't know, I'll say crazy about like how much exposure am I getting? And so they serve food in cast iron pans. It turns out that they serve uh, gluten items also. And cast iron never gets all that gluten out. It's, you know, it's, it's ridged. And so I ate, I was sick within a half hour. And for three months, I was sick. Like I couldn't, oh, I just couldn't gosh. get my act together. So that was the worst. But but really what we're talking about is this nuance of that you can impair the villi after a single exposure and it takes about 12 weeks for the villi to regenerate. So it takes a while. Mm. Uh, and, and the more you have and the more sensitive you are. And by the way, when we're going to transition to environmental toxins, mycotoxins and metals make the gut more irritable. So when you're more likely to react to things that don't work for you, and when you get rid of the toxins, you're you're less reactive. It's really cool. It's like crazy cool. Yeah. If your wow. stress bucket gets too full, yes. it's definitely going to be reactive. So I guess yes. if you can compromise on all the other things, maybe a little gluten. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's all, it's all relative, right? Like yeah. if you're on vacation, yeah. you're not stressed, you're sleeping and you're mm -hmm. moving your body and you're not, you know, you're just relaxed. Stress is nasty for, for everything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, totally. You're totally right, Lauren. You can tolerate a little yeah. bit more when your when your cup does not run over from your daily life. Yeah, if, yeah. You, if your uh, biggest nerve is a little irritated, 
just goes up and down the that brain access, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of buckets filling over, you have such a wild experience from when Mm -hmm. you were in Paris. Mm -hmm. Heard you talk about this after Notre Dame. Can you share about that? Because that that can be a good segue into like not just environmental toxins, but specifically heavy metals, which is a huge issue. Yeah, share your story about that. Yeah. So so let me give let me give you a minute on just the backstory because you know I went to France with my family. I was the only one who got sick. I'm also the only one with two copies of the MTHFR gene. I'm the only one with two copies of the vitamin D deficiency gene, two copies for celiac, COMT. I have a whole slew of just random stuff. And Mm -hmm. I'm the only one who was an OBGYN resident and wrecked my health. And I'm the only one who grew up in the seventies out of, you know, in my family. And that my my mom's retired, my mother-in-law's retired, so their stress isn't as high. So uh, my husband's genes are way better than me. So, okay. So we go on this vacation. I'm 48. And it's amazing. We spent a week in France. And then we went to London for four days. And then we came home. And the month after I came home, my hair started falling out in like droves. Like, I was like, oh my, oh my God, what's happening? And you know how postpartum hair, you lose your hair, but this was like that on steroids and it didn't stop. So I was freaking. And then I also gained nine pounds and I had this rash. It was on my eyelids, right at my nose and under my lip. And you know, like if something itches, it's so hard to leave it be. And so you can't like rub your eyes and you can't, you can't do that because you're gonna make yourself bleed. So I was always like, I'm not going to touch, but it was miserable. Uh... And, and so I'm 48 and I'm like, okay, obviously my thyroid is off. Cause that's what every human who gains weight and loses hair thinks is my thyroid must be off. So I check my thyroid and I do have a history of sort of subclinical hypothyroidism. I've taken meds, didn't do well on them. I've been taking supplements, did great, did acupuncture and my thyroid was perfect, picture perfect. Okay. Well, I'm 48, it must be my hormones. So I check my hormones my hormones are perfect. And then I'm like, well, okay, all disease starts in the gut. I do a stool test on myself, looking for inflammation, overgrowth, dysbiosis, all of it. Amazing. Especially as a celiac, like I have nasty gut. I had 20 years of undiagnosed celiac. My gut is normally messy looking. And I was like, looks pretty good. So now I'm stumped, right? I'm totally stumped. I have no idea what's going on. And I'm listening to the radio one day and I hear that when they just figured out that when Notre Dame burned, it released 500 tons of lead dust into the air. And the closer you were to Notre Dame when it burned, the more lead exposure you got. And then it successively got less the farther away from the epicenter where Notre Dame was. And I was in Notre Dame the week after it burned. I mean, and I remember being like, it's so dusty. My God, like the dust was insane. And I heard this report and I said to my husband, I got a lead exposure. We all got a lead exposure, but I'm sick. So I tested my lead. Now, I knew I had a lead exposure in September the year before because my neighbor took his house down. And uh, I I live in Massachusetts. The houses where I live are kind of, it's not quite row houses, but we're not living on plantations. You know, we're like, here's one house and then 15 feet away, there's another house. So he takes his house down. I'm like, it's a post-war house. There's definitely lead in it. Shut the windows. I, I went crazy. It's 90 degrees. And I'm like going crazy. Shut the windows. Don't turn the air on. We don't want it circulating. I knew I had a lead exposure. My hair started falling out. 
uh, thinning a little bit from September to December, and then it quieted down. Fast forward to April, I get another lead exposure and here I am, I'm like in the soup. So I test my lead. I'm a functional medicine doctor. I get people who are always like, try this test and try this test. So I'm always doing a test because I think I remember data yeah. hog. I love data. So Wait, I test- what kind of test? What do you do for heavy yeah. metals? Hair or blood? I don't like heavy metal. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't or- like hair analysis because okay. hair is only showing what you're voluntarily getting rid of. Right. It's only showing what your body is just doing on its own, but heavy metals are toxic. And so you store them in your fat, your bones, your organs. So you're not going to see that floating around unless you just got them like kids and Flint, you're going to see in the bloodstream, but otherwise within four to six weeks, it is stored. So you're not going to see it. So I like provoked urine testing. Uh, The company we use is um, doctor's data and we use DMSA, which comes from the compounding pharmacy and we provoke it because that causes it to come out. So I do the test. I had previously done the test and been slightly positive, just literally over eight. I'm like, you need to treat. And I was nine and I was a bad patient and I blew it off. I was like, oh, how bad could it be? Not knowing then what I know now. Right. I was like, it's not that bad. Not realizing that that lead and that mercury, the mercury was negative, but those were the tip of the iceberg. And they weren't real. They were actually a lot higher. So I blew it off. I retest and now I'm now, instead of being nine for lead, I'm 12. That's a really significant change. And I was like, all right, let's get treating. So I start treating. And um, which direction should I go in here? Do I tell you the, tell you the other toxins I discovered? Or do I tell you the treatment course? Which, which one do you want to know? I want to know I'm what curious. you did. Yeah, I'm curious about the treatment. Okay. Yeah. So I start the treatment course. The, the first protocol is, is 12 weeks long. And every month it increases in intensity. You don't start at the highest dose because what if you have a reaction? What if it makes you too fatigued? What if you have Herxheimer? You want to start at a low dose and build up. So I do it. First six weeks of the program, I'm like, I can barely function. It's 8.39. I'm like, I have four kids. I'm like, I got to go to bed. My husband's like, what? No, we, we have to like run around after the kids. I'm like, I can't. So the first six weeks, I thought a truck ran over me. I was so tired. I do the program. After six weeks, I'm like, hmm, I feel good. Must be gone. I'll finish the program just so I know what my patients are going through. How arrogant. Sorry. I have to just say it's super arrogant. Okay. So I retest at the end. I had started with a level of 12 for lead and like 7.9 for mercury. And I said to my husband, I think my metals are gone. I feel amazing, but I'll just finish it just so I know what people go through and then I'll retest. So I retest and I kind of took a while to get to it because I was like, my metals are gone. What, what's the rush, right? Well, yeah, no, um, my lead was 21 and my mercury was 41. Wow. Oops. Wow. But my hair loss slowed and I started to lose weight and my brain fog got better and my rash started to get better. So I restart the program. And in the process, I tested for the other toxins, which are mycotoxins. Those are the mycotoxins. So mold, when it's in your body, makes toxins. They're called mycotoxins. So I tested for that. I had five strains of mycotoxins, which is shocking, except that one out of every two buildings has had water damage. 50% of buildings have water damage. So maybe not in Nevada. But, you know, it rains in Nevada too. So, yeah, I hear it's a bigger issue here than people think. Like, you're like, oh, it's a dry desert, but like, there's a lot of mold. Yeah, there's a lot of water damage. So, Mm -hmm. the odds are good that as humans, we've been in a building that was water damaged, either our home, our school, our dorm, our work. 
And so I had five strains. And then I'm like, well, you know, they also offer this test for environmental toxins. I might as well do that. I don't know what I was thinking. You know, it was like, let's just pile it on, right? So I do the test. That's that's um that's a Great Plains test, which is now mosaic. And so I did the microtoxins. The GPL. GPL, yeah, Great Plain Lab, which is now called Mosaic. So I do that and then I add in the mycotoxins and then I'm sorry, and then I add in the environmental toxins and the glyphosate. And I had a whole slew of environmental toxins like gasoline fumes. That was a justification for no longer pumping my own gas. I was like, well, I got high levels of gasoline. I am not touching the, the pump any longer. So I stopped pumping my gas, high levels of nail polish, no longer doing my nails. Um, high levels of flame retardants. We had just switched to an organic bed, so I wasn't getting the exposure, but just a long list, plastic, perchlorate, all kinds of rando things. And I looked at my husband, I was like, I'm such a dirty girl. That's it. I'm such a dirty girl. And we are totally writing that book because we're the poster children for healthy living and organic eating and exercise and a blah, blah, you know, all the blah, blah, blahs, the biohacking. And I have all these toxins. So what does everyone else have? Hmm. Wow. I I have a similar story with the mercury. And actually, maybe this is arrogant. I need to follow up on this. I tested my mercury. This was in 2012. Off the charts. I did the Quicksilver Scientific Mercury Detox. I felt better. I never retested. Yeah, you got to retest. Guilty. It's been over Because you're human. Years. This humanity thing is very inconvenient, right? Like we, we all fall <laughs> in the trap of humanity. But no, it's important to test because... Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm, that. That's my homework. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And you get 50% of whatever your mom had. So the first kid gets the biggest dose and then the next kid gets the a smaller dose because she got 50% of it with the first kid. And then, uh, so my poor kids, I was like, oh my God, I have all these kids and all these genetic issues <laughs> that I gave them. But it is important to test because there's tons of exposure and we all love the fatty ahi tuna. And one serving is enough for like six months. And a lot of us are eating it every other week. And so it's too much mercury. We don't process it well. That's the reason the mercury is so high in the fish. They don't process it either. It just aggregates. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Not eating tuna. Yeah. We pretty much grew up on tuna, right, Lauren? Mm -hmm. We had cans and cans of tuna in the 90s. (laughs) So that was my mercury. Hey, biohackers. Renee and I are so excited to share with you the Quantified Collective. We just joined this amazing community. We are leaning into wearable health technology while embracing data sovereignty. So it is a community that we all own, and we're really leaning into optimizing our health potential together as a community. Now we brought on Dr. Kyle Burquist, who is going to tell you all of the magic about the Quantified Collective. Welcome, Kyle. Thank you, guys. Lauren, Renee, so good to see you. The Quantified Collective is truly looking to revolutionize health and wellness. This is a huge moonshot that we're all on together. It's a trillion dollar mission, but the collective really does envision a world where peer-to-peer medicine is the norm, right? If we can decentralize uh, citizen science and create a true new paradigm in healthcare, I think we've met our mission. Uh, We are going to harness wearable technology and other cutting edge technologies and labs to learn more about ourselves and then be able to teach each other what's working and what's not working. We really see that the collective has the ability to build a truth machine for health and wellness that empowers every individual with knowledge so they can make informed decisions about what's working for their well-being. Uh, Here's the best part. It's open to all of us. So whether you're a seasoned researcher, you're a passionate biohacker, or someone just really eager to contribute to a meaningful community, we welcome you. 
right? We want you with us. So uh, we want to break open silos. We want to allow everyone to own their own data. And we want to collaborate with everybody so that we can create this extraordinary mission together. Let's reshape healthcare. Let's reorganize the way things are being done. Uh, so come create the future with us. We would love to have you. To learn more uh, and become part of the Quantified Collective, visit the website at quantifiedcollective.org and sign up to join us today. Thanks, Kyle, for taking the time to share that with our audience today. And let's get back to the show. Yeah, one million questions. I, know, <laughs> I mean, I know. It's just a barrage of toxins and stressors are in our environment, and the world is only getting sicker and more toxic. So, yeah. how do we pare this down and not overwhelm people? I'm assuming, you know, we have to start with the gut, good gut health, strengthening the the tight junctions, having good diversity, address nutrient deficiencies. How far up the chain would you put that, especially if you have those genetic predispositions like the MTHFR, like any DNA methylation issues? It's kind of the order of business. Yeah. So, okay. So first message, you have agency and control. Don't ever give it up. That's the first thing people should really like hear and, and absorb. Like you have the power to alter your future. It's not in some big, far, big industry hand. Okay. But it's going to take some work. So I consider certain things to be the foundational behaviors are what are you eating? Aim for, you know, so funny. There's no single eating program that everyone's going to do well with. But within that, I can't give you one size fits all. I can say you're never going to regret minimizing your processed food. You're never going to regret minimizing or eliminating sugar. And you're never going to regret minimizing or eliminating alcohol. And you're never going to regret increasing your, your cruciferous vegetables, especially if they're organic. Those are like the platforms you can stand on. So level up your food. Start to start to transform how you eat. Like I have an amazing eating plan, and even I could be better. I could get more vegetables, right? It's hard to get the number of vegetables in. You know, I do a shake for breakfast, I do a shake for lunch, I eat a dinner. I need more vegetables. I'm clear about that. So, so level up your food. Make sure you get at least eight hours in bed every night, if not more. I actually need nine hours in bed. That's crazy. I thought I need seven. But when COVID hit and we didn't have all these activities and I wasn't running around, I really learned like, oh, I actually need more sleep. And what happens when you sleep is you detox. So it's important to get more rest so you can detox more. Two, three, move your body as often as you can. Sweat as often as you can. Exercise, saunas, Epsom salt baths, dry brushing, anything to get the pores open because you detox through your skin, which is a, the largest, largest organ of your body. Think healthy thoughts. We have about 65,000 thoughts a day, and a lot of those are pretty harsh. You would never, ever speak to people the way you speak to yourself. And so those thoughts of, gosh, you're so stupid, and oh, you're such a failure, and you always screw it up, and nobody's going to love you, and of course you did it wrong, right? All that nasty stuff actually causes your adrenals to kick in. And when your adrenals think that a lion's going to chase you, they, they don't know that you're just having thoughts. You can have a thought and trigger your adrenals to go down the stress pathway. So you have these thoughts and day after day, hour after hour, minute after minute, you're, you're triggering. I guess I did that in the wrong order, but you're triggering all of these responses. And so start to train your brain instead of seeing things like you're so stupid, or of course you screwed that up. Say, wow, you know, you really tried hard and it didn't go successfully, but let's try again. We're going to figure this out. You know, unless you're like a deliberate axe murderer, you're lovable. 
you're lovable. People love you and you matter and you make a difference in the world. So take on other people's view of you instead of your own, because those thoughts are extremely toxic and they have a toll because they shut your detox down. Okay. So we eat, sleep, move, think, poop. You got to poop at least once a day, preferably every time you eat. It's called the oroanal reflex. Eat, poop. That keeps everything. Babies do it. We just get out of the habit of it. So make Mm -hmm. sure you poop. You get rid of toxins when you poop. And then that's sort of the platform, right? And then the next layer, what's a girl to do? As you move through your life, and what I mean by life is I mean your beauty products, your hair products, your cleaning products, your uh, laundry, your dishwashing detergent, as you start to run out of them, look them up on either Think Dirty or environmental working group and look to see, are they highly rated or are they toxic? If they're highly rated, take a moment and pat yourself on the back for picking something cool. You just won the lottery. You don't have to deal with it. Just keep buying it. If it's not highly rated, do not have a moment where you think, of course you picked the wrong one, right? Like none of that, right? Remember we're leveling up our thoughts. Just go, okay, opportunity. And to the best of your ability, level up. Meaning get something that your budget allows for that's a higher quality when you run out. You don't have to transform your life overnight. You're going to screw it up. I have screwed this up more times than I can count. So proud. I bought this laundry detergent. I have all these children. I put it on four-month supply with autofill and then didn't think about it again for four months. And then I got my new order, right? So we've been using it for four months and I just get a new order and I'm like, oh, I never looked that up. I'll look it up. I mean, it, how bad could it be, right? It's scent free. It's in a paper contar- carton. It degrades. Yeah, it was not so good. So, uh, and I was like, oh, I just bought a four month supply. We're using it up. Okay. Use it up. You bought it. It's not going to move the needle. Okay. Unless you're like drinking paint thinner, it's not going to move the needle. Don't worry about it. Just level up as you go. Okay. And then start to clean up the things you're doing. Start to filter your water to the best of your financial budget. So if you can afford a countertop filter, great. If you can afford a point of use filter where you fill the pots, great. If you can afford a whole house and a point of use, awesome. Do the best you can with the budget you have. Filter your air to the best you can with the budget you have. Start to walk through your life and level up on the things you're doing. Don't dry clean your clothes. It's full of formaldehyde. That's Mm. to preserve you when you die. You don't want to die and you don't want to be preserved. Well, maybe we want this to be preserved, but not that way. Okay. (laughs) Topically, maybe. Yeah. Yes. Just put the dry cleaning on your face. <laughs> yes. Don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's such a great checklist. I love that. The foundational things. What are we buying? I love your approach to like, don't just toss it. Cause I think yeah. women can be really hard on themselves and like, oh, I just bought this three month supply of face cream. Now I have to throw it out. So yeah, I love yeah. that approach. And then from there, I guess that, that at that point, if you feel like I'm, I still have these conditions, I can't figure out what's going on then you would look at testing, right? So the heavy metal testing, mold testing. Okay. Yeah. Except when patients come in, we do not do, okay. Every rule has an exception. So the 33 year old cancer patient who felt totally healthy. Yes. I did toxins on her right away because Mm. she has, she has recurrent invasive cancer. And I'm like, we got to get drilled into this. 
And she ended up having crazy high levels of heavy metals, which are super inflammatory. So, but normally someone like you or I, we walk in the door and I'm like, okay, we're going to do your food sensitivities, your minerals and nutrients. Like you're asking about Lauren, we're going to look at minerals, nutrients. We're going to look at gut function, adrenal function. That's the platform that we're standing on. We're not going to go right to toxins because if you start to detox someone who has poor gut health, they're going to get worse. So you really do have to go systematically into it. And absolutely, if you feel like, oh, I've done as much as I can do, and there's a lot you can do on your own. If you've done as much as you can do on your own, then come for testing. I mean, it's amazing. It's so fascinating to see what's happening in there and you yeah. have control over it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have yeah. A lot of control. There's yeah. always more, but I think in the moment we can be grateful and, and have positive self-talk and say, you know, one thing at a time. And at the end of the day, like you said, you get to choose how you want to feel. Do you want to feel amazing? Do you want to just feel okay? Yeah. And I think the thing that I'll give to people is because it's it's not in the effort where we get upset. It's in the screw-ups where we get upset. And so what I'll say is when you have a screw-up, think back to this moment where I share with you that I ordered eight months of a, of a theoretically toxin-free laundry detergent and it wasn't. And you know what? It's all about getting present to slow down enough and go, oh, right, right. I didn't check. And I said to my coach, I can't believe I did that. And her response was, now you have a great story for people. Okay. So, right. So I'm human too. And my thought was, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I did that. Right. I should know better. Should, by the way, is a word that never should have been invented because it's so disempowering, but just remember that moment. (laughs) Right. So just, just remember this moment when you think to yourself, I should have known better. No, you're human. And the goal is not to be perfect. The goal is to just, it, shorten the interval when you're off the rails or when you screw it up or for how long you screw it up. The goal is just to get better and shorter, right? You're going to have a dietary excursion. Cool. Don't let that mean you don't eat well for six months, right? Just get right back on tomorrow. Shorten those intervals so that you're back on your plan faster so that it doesn't define you or even plan your excursion. So you're like, cool, I'm going to a wedding. I'm going to have, I'm going to have cake at the wedding, or I'm going to drink two drinks at the wedding, right? Like plan it. Yeah, I did just that Makes on Saturday all night. the difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Yeah, the planning, creating boundaries, and then honoring that. I think yes. some people loosely create boundaries without thinking through the entire picture or environment. And that's when we don't honor ourselves in that way. So yeah. This is important to bring up, have a buddy too, right? Because no woman is an island. And so like sometimes I'll be like, oh, we can go out to eat there. And my husband's like, are you high? No, we're not eating there because they did not take a good good care of you last time you went. We're not doing... So he has my back if I have a brain fart or if I'm like casual, if I don't want to be that person, you know, those people who are like, can I talk to the maitre d'in? Can I talk to the manager and the chef? Because that's yeah. me, right? I don't feel like being that person all the time. So I have someone who has my back. So try to have people who have your back, like actually communicate with them. Like, here's what I'm up to. And I would appreciate your support. And here's what it looked like if you supported me, right? Right? Like it would look like X, Y, and Z. These are my requests. Do you accept, decline, or counteroffer? Get really crisp with your communication with people because then they know what to do. Not just like, I'm trying to get healthy. They don't know how to respond to you. Does that mean you're drinking alcohol, not drinking alcohol, eating ice cream? Are you sleeping all day? Like, what are you doing trying to get healthy? So be clear and specific. It helps people a lot. Oh yeah. Hmm. I've I've had this discussion with my husband several times because he tends to overorder and overeat when we go out. And so we have this plan now. And I said, 
what do you want me to say to you when I see that you're over-ordering or you're going to finish your plate? Tell me what you want me to say and I'll say it. But if you don't tell me, then I don't know. I don't want to offend you or upset you. So mm-hmm. communication is so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I love that. I know. I know. I'm sad that we have to wrap up because I know you have to to run to another call. If we can ask you for one final piece of advice, I, you've given so many amazing tips for people to do. But one thing they should do immediately today to optimize their health. They're not going to like it. Just going to say they're not going to like it. So minimize alcohol because we don't process it as fast as the men in our lives. So we cannot keep up with them. We can't match them pound for pound. And most women, even one drink a night is way too much, like way too much. Probably one to two drinks a week is where the max would be. And then if you're like, yeah, that's a non-starter, Wendy, forget it. Then I would say, okay, minimize sugar, minimize processed carbs so that you're eating food that looks like itself and doesn't need a label. Like eat real food. Right. Organic, preferably. Actually. Eat real organic food. Yeah. 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 And food that you know where it comes from, I guess. Yes. Next yeah. Totally. <laughs> Always Amazing a way to advice. level up. Wendy, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and and so much actionable advice. I think just such broad scope, but also just so simple things that people can start doing today. And and the biggest takeaway, I think, is just like being gentler with our thoughts. I think that's so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. And so for everyone listening, if you want to follow Dr. Wendy, which I know you do, uh, we are going to link in the show notes too. We have your website, so fivejourneys.com, which is also the name of your podcast, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Anywhere else people should be following you? Yeah, follow me personally. I have at Wendy Trubo MD on Facebook and Instagram. And then we have Dirty Gold Detox for people who might not be able to be part of the bricks and mortar, but want to get involved in detox programs and community and supplements and like ref- recipes and all that stuff. So that, that also happens at dirtygirldetox.com. Great. Awesome. Going right Thank there. You. Perfect. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. This is so wonderful. Thank you. And thanks to everyone that tuned in today. We will see you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional.